When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know if metaphor is the accurate word to describe it, but when you're leading an organization, you're on that peak by yourself more often. The folks in your organization are looking to you to set intention, to guide them and to encourage them. And when you look to your left and your right, you're up there by yourself. So being able to get around other people who are on top of their own mountain peaks and have those conversations about the struggles that only business can, our leaders at a high level in their organization if they're working with somebody else. It is impactful. It lets you know that you're not the only, that you're not out there, you know, on an island and that you absolutely have the opportunity to connect with people who may not have the exact same background as you, may not see the world the same way as you, but can appreciate both your view and hopefully you can take something from their view. tuning into Dreamcatchers, where we make things happen. Dreamcatchers was formally launched to unlock the hidden potential in successful, self-motivated individuals who desire to take their life's work to the next level but need support to evolve. We are a collective group of professionals with various backgrounds that use our talents to assist those individuals in realizing their wildest dreams by providing education, inspiration, and direction. This podcast is where we share the lessons we've learned along the way to catching our dreams and give you some context around the how and the why to each approach to put you further ahead on the journey to catching your dream. Are you ready? So why are we, we are here to talk about the great experience that we just had this past week. I mean, it was a group of guys, the tribe members, we got together and we dove into several different issues and it was a powerful experience. So today we got some of the original tribe members. We're going to break down and talk about some of the highlights from our experience. First and foremost, we have Jerome Myers, who is the head tribesman, our founder. Jerome, take it away, man. All I want to do is go around the country and do powwows. That's all I want to do. By far, this is the most exciting we've had in a long time. You get with the guys, be vulnerable with the things that I've been dealing with, hear from them on the things that they're pursuing, get to have a rocking chair conversation during show and tell with Larry about his journey across the world to bring back some will. It was just amazing, man, to get such a group of powerful people together and have them share in a genuine way without reservation, without being worried about being judged, without all of the things that we have to deal with on a regular basis in our day-to-day life and just enjoy each other. We started out on Friday at about 6 and by about 10, everybody was in, and, you know, we we just kept going. I think we didn't go to bed until probably after 11.30 on Friday night. We were up before 6 on Saturday to take take the trip over to Klingman's Dome, the highest point in the Smoky Mountains. Made our trek up there, enjoyed the views for a while, got back to the cabin. You know, one point about the Klingman, for those of you that have never been out to the Great Smoky Mountain, it is... A phenomenal site. You get into the parking lot and you have these views of the mountain and the clouds are kind of overlaying the mountains and it is a absolute stunning view. But one of the things that we pointed out to the tribe member was that that was a good view, but a half a mile trek up the mountain, after you press through what you need to get through, you're able to see an even better view. Um, I think we're going to be able to post some pictures a little bit later so we can show the contrast in the views, but it's like, why settle for good when you can see great? And one of the things that we're trying to instill in everybody 
is to keep moving forward and pressing forward so you can experience great. Because at some point, good is not good enough. And we started the trip. What was super funny when we got to the top is Larry, I was riding with Larry on the way up. And oh, man. About how it was only a half a mile and it wasn't going to be a big deal. But when you're flying that high, you quickly realize that you're not in the same, you're not at the same altitude. And that air gets a little thinner when you're up 6,000 feet in the air. Larry in Annapolis, so he's closer to sea level than I think anybody else on the call. So it was a huge difference for him. But, you know, when you're going to that next ascent or that next level, it's pretty easy for you to get to underestimate the level of effort or the amount of work. So we, we stayed up pretty late on Saturday, too. I think a lot of the guys really hit their stride after they got their nap on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and so many of the guys were up. So about 11, 11.30, I started working on some videos and some other stuff that night. So I didn't actually go to bed till about 1.30 and then got back up to see some of the guys who had to leave early off and then i think we wrapped up about 10 10 30 on sunday got the cabin cleaned up and everybody rolled out and the journey to the mountain is as important as the journey away and even the time there we talked a lot before the actual event about where was the time to process and there was a great debate about do they have enough time to think about all that's gonna be presented. And I think that the majority of people feel like the trip there, kind of setting intention and then the trip away was the perfect opportunity, especially when folks didn't turn their radios on, you know, they either spent time conversating with the person in the vehicle with them or time staring at the windshield. So hopefully that was as as we hoped it would going into the powwow. James, Larry, you know, you guys can absolutely chime in on that. Larry, go ahead, man. Yeah, I definitely did a car in 45 minutes or hour drive with us to get back and forth. Or to get back, it definitely gave every process. Yeah, I'm actually glad we did the thing with sending everybody up the mountain by themselves because I don't know <laughs> who would have made it. That's another great I thing have made it. it. The perfect show of just how it helps to have people around you pushing you forward or just sometimes they don't even have to push you. Seeing them is enough to keep you tailing right along at one point. I'm about to quit. If I was by myself, I'd have turned around. And I, I, I go to the gym a little bit. I think I'm in shape, but the best of it. Yeah, even a couple of other people, some of the newer people that tribe members the first time being there, even said that going up the mountain, if they were by themselves, they turned around. But just having other people there, and not even the encouragement, but just seeing up the mountain, and you're there, you're like, I'm not going to slip at the bottom. Like, I'm coming with you. I know one of the tribe members, you know, he was walking up the mountain, and he saw a bench. And he looks over at the bench, and he's like, man, I really want to sit down. But I know if I stop that I'm not even going to get back up and keep going up. I think if I stop, I'm going to go back down. It's great for him to get the level of encouragement and camaraderie of the group that he keeps, he kept pushing. And I mean, I'm looking at this guy because, you know, of course, me, I'm going at my own pace. The, the altitude absolutely got me. I made it, but I went at my own pace. And I'm looking up the hill and, you know, I, I see this guy, he's pumping his, he's pumping his arms. He's going to make it up that hill. He's going to make it up that hill. And he's glad he made it. I, again, it was a tremendous experience to get a group of people together for a common goal. We really want to continue to see each other improve. We want the best from everybody that was there. I'll sound like a broken record. We'll talk to you, talk with you, not talk at you. And we're here to help. We are absolutely here. So one thing that's cool, and I don't know, Duran Creek can absolutely get on the recording, but when you and Shaka overtuck me in the league going up the hill and did start to do your little trot, you know, the conversation about keeping momentum and pushing pace when things get tough, I think is very impactful. And if you could share a little bit of that, I I feel like when uh, when things are getting tough and things as it was on that mountaintop, for somebody that actually runs a little bit and exercises exercises quite often, it got a little it got a little tough for me to uh, get up that mountain as well. So it wasn't just anybody in there. I think that uh, the thin air and the altitude affected everybody. But 
Shaka and I were talking about, you know, I kind of want to jog right now just to get my momentum going so I could keep myself pushing up the mountain. And then Shaka, Shaka hopped into a nice little jog. And I, I took a few quick steps. I'm not, I didn't jog as far as he did. I took a few quick steps. Like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and walk this one. But uh, <laughs> the, the, the building of the momentum to get yourself going in certain situations to keep yourself pushing. So when, when you feel your muscles aching, you feel the situation getting tough, that you'll actually just keep going. Which is one of the things that we, we shared in that, that moment of going up the mountain. And we shared it with the rest of the team as well. Yeah, I mean, as we're all walking up that mountain, we're all feeling it. You know, my heart's pumping, uh, my legs, the muscles, you know, are hurting. I, I, I'm feeling it. And all I'm thinking is that I got to push through this. I've absolutely got to push through this to make it to where I want to. We set our intention to get to the top of that trail. And no matter what, I don't care how slow I had to go. I don't care what pace I had to go. I know you guys were ahead of me. I could hear you. That was encouragement enough. You know, sometimes you don't have to be right next to me. You don't have to be behind me. Just knowing that you are around is enough. And that's what we do at Dreamcatchers. We're around. We're here. We're going to dig in. We're going to get it with you. Yeah. And the journey up the peak, a common peak, is kind of, uh, I don't know if metaphor is the accurate word to describe it, but when you're leading an organization, you're on that peak by yourself more often. The folks in your organization are looking to you to set intention, to guide them and to encourage them. And when you look to your left and your right, you're up there by yourself. So being able to get around other people who are on top of their own mountain peaks and have those conversations about the struggles that only business can, our leaders at a high level in their organization, if they're working with somebody else, it is impactful. It, let you know that you're not the only, that you're not out there, you know, on the island and that you absolutely have the opportunity to connect with people who may not have the exact same background as you, may not see the world the same way as you, but can appreciate both your view and hopefully you can take something from their view. I think Deron kind of categorized it or described it super accurately when he talked about picking up pebbles and putting them in a pocket so that you could take them away. And that part for me was exciting. Before we started recording, we talked a little bit about him thinking he was just gonna come in and share, but he was able to throw another one of those lively topics out <laughs> so that he forced the intense discussion. And I don't know if we're gonna talk about that here, but I, I just thought that was super cool the way he kind of use that analogy of the little kid picking up rocks and putting them in his pocket. And maybe he's going to skip them across the lake. Maybe he's going to break, throw them through a window and break them. Who knows what he's going to do with those rocks. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is he was able to come in and pick up stuff. But I think he also tucks them out and put them on the table. We got this really cool shot where he's like this, he's <laughs> emphasizing something. I don't remember what that conversation was. Yeah, but. That, that wasn't a pebble. That was a rock. That was a boulder yeah. he dropped down. One big one. Big old boulder. For doing that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I hope that the that intense conversation, I hope that I wasn't the only that left there the pebble in my pocket, which is thrown in my pocket to take home. That was one of those conversations that I think everybody could take away something from it because everybody was pitching in. So I hope everybody was, everybody was able to pull something from it as well. And I think I feel like it was a great learner, a great learner. It was one of those accident rabbit holes we went down. Just it just kept giving. It just kept giving. I, I really and like Jerome said. I came in thinking I was just gonna. I did the last one, and I didn't think I was gonna get any better as far as uh, picking up. And I was able to share my experiences, and then now I feel like I may have gained the greatest out of everything. I think I got more than you. Good try. <laughs> we can we can fill up our buckets and see whose buckets fuller. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I think my pockets are full, and I'm I'm pouring, pouring them into some cargo pants right now. So, <laughs> so on Friday night we talked a little bit about. Well, I, I issued a challenge. The challenge that I got when I went to work, where the security guard stopped me and asked me who I was, where I was going, what I was going to do when I get there, and then what I was going to be remembered for. And those questions were much more surface when he asked me, but mine was more of a challenge to everybody who participated was to really figure out who they were. James talks a lot about people being able to see who you are at your core. It may take them a little while to figure it out, but they are absolutely going to figure out who you are if given enough opportunity, spend time with you and see how you 
respond and react to the different things. And so we wanted to take a look inside and figure out what that actually for you. Where are we going? And this goes hand in hand with having a dream. So what are you working for? What are you working for? What goals are you fighting towards? Because those are the things that make life meaningful. If you're not working on something or trying to fix something, what what good is it? We want to make the world a better place. And if we're not doing that, I don't think we can actually achieve true success. And we'll probably circle back to that later with James's success equals significance or significance equals success. And then, so where are you going is the dream. What will you do when you get there? So if your dream or goal is financial. So yeah, I want to be a millionaire. All right. So when you're a millionaire, what are you going to do? And I think we, most people realize that money is just a tool. But if you use that tool the right way or the wrong way, depending on who you truly are on your inside, you know, it's just going to be more of the same. It, it becomes a megaphone. And then the final thing is legacy. And this, for me, again, goes hand in hand with success or success and significance. The only way that you have legacy is if somebody else wants to tell your story. And I think the only way that somebody wants to tell your story is by you either wronging them in a very real way or you helping them in a great way. And there's the mediocre interactions, you know, folks aren't going to know. But if you've had a true impact, either good or bad on a person's life, I think that is the biggest opportunity for what you've done to the past, the time that you, and I think everybody there has a desire to impact people outside of this in a positive, which I think in today's society is pretty rare. And then after, you know, we talked about that a little bit, we jumped into wealth and protecting your wealth and reputation. And this was, you know, a pretty intense discussion because <laughs> there's a number of different ways to look at it. But the fact of the matter is when people sign marriage contracts, they expose themselves to risk. And a failed marriage is absolutely the quickest way for you. Well, if you accumulated during the marriage track and you don't have some provision in place, protect your wealth or to divide it ahead of time. And so we had a very long conversation about that and what the reality is and isn't in that space. And I don't know if you guys want to jump in, but I... I enjoyed that conversation. It was an opportunity for me to be super. I probably hadn't been with anybody at that point, except for the folks who were helping me. My problem. Uh, it was a tremendous conversation. I think this is where I kind of view myself as the counterbalance because you're absolutely true. If you are in a failed marriage, it can be ruinous uh, for you financially. Absolutely true that that may be the quickest way for for that to happen and so we talked about wealth protection but i think also interwoven in some of the other discussions particularly the one the next day where duran dropped the boulder in the room for us to discuss we talked about things that i would say are marriage protection things that if you're able to get those qualities right in your relationship in terms of communication and understanding that those are things that can help enhance and protect the stability of your marriage relationship. And so what I would say is that we covered both sides of that and we're able to kind of present some practical examples and ideals and opinions that could see kind of both both angles of that discussion. Uh, and so we try to make sure that we are addressing the total person and not just one side. I feel like pairing the sessions together and the gathering, like you just said, that took care of the entire person. You had conflicting their side of the subject. You had a chance to express it and take it in and process it, or you had a chance to be vulnerable and share with the group of what you thought, then you could take in and figure out what was your, what was your next best step. Trying to look up the title to the book that was recommended while we were on significant man. Well, having that conversation. Yeah, Larry was Larry had it. I think it's the significant man or how to be a man. Significant. The way of the superior. The way of the superior. And so it was interesting. Duran and I picked up that book afterwards because we hadn't touched it, and. When we got to the section about the conversation we were having, it was interesting how people who read the book and recommended the book offered opinions contrary to what the book 
recommend to Jess for us <laughs> to take action. Uh, in fact, the book identified with what I was recommending. It did, actually. It did. In <laughs> a much stronger tone than what I offered. If that's it was, you know, I saw the recommendation for the book. And I started to get it, and I didn't get it. Now, now I understand why I didn't get it. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I um, the book was, absolutely. Big. Go ahead. No, I was about to say it was funny because uh, you had said something about it that morning, and I had just started the book. And when I got to that chapter, I was like, "How did they even give me that advice when this book says the absolute opposite of, of what they were saying?" But yeah, well, it, it, hey. I, I didn't read the book. I was giving you yeah, a, advice yeah. based off. <laughs> right, right. So you, you're excused. You're good. You're good. <laughs> I didn't read. You didn't have this book as a reference. <laughs> yeah, but the people who had the the strongest argument with me, and it was interesting because I talked to Richard afterwards, and he was like, "Yeah, I didn't agree with you at first, and then I slept on it, and I'm in the place that I'm in because I'm doing what I don't really think I should be doing." And I've got to change that. And it was interesting just for back to the processing conversation. It's interesting in the moment how we will respond to something that's presented, especially, I don't know if this is about what's presented or how it's presented. Larry struggled with my how I present a lot. He resisted immediately just because I present. But then when you get some time to process it, it might be a little wisdom there. It might be a little wisdom. It's, 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 it's all in the book. Huh? I think it's always the presentation. Yeah. The big I, I can get immediately presentation. I'm just like, ah. And then once I have time to process it, said it a different way, but I 100% agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's and, and for me, I try to, I, I really do try to see it from both sides and understand from both sides. And sometimes I'll present the counter argument just to make sure that there's balance. Devil's advocate. Well, yeah, whatever you want to call it. I try to present the counter argument, make sure that there's balance on it. Which is appreciated and much needed in most situations. <laughs> I, do, I do that with Jerome a lot. <laughs> yeah. Let's start calling you guys out. I just think you're being contrarian right now. But hey, but look, isn't that what you want? Isn't that what you want your boys to do? Isn't that what you want your tribe to do? To be able to expand your thought process and what you're thinking and to make you think twice before you make a decision? Challenge you. Challenge I think you, you got to think through the whole situation. Yeah, you do have to think through the whole situation. You do. And one of the things I always say is that I'm not, I, I am not arrogant enough to believe that I have the answer to your situation. There are specific things that you're going through that none of, none of the rest of us know anything about. We don't have the context. But what we can provide is our opinion on certain aspects of that and give suggestions as to how we think you might be able to. And at the end of the day, we don't tell anybody what to do, right? Right, we, just we don't. provide our, our thoughts. At least most of us don't tell people what to do. <laughs> I'm sitting here like somebody. Yeah. <laughs> At least most of us don't do that, you know. But, but right. I, I, like, I feel like to be on his, I don't think really he thinks he's telling me. I think he just makes what you don't want to do sound so dumb that <laughs> like, yes. you feel like you got to do it. He, 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 there's a unique way of doing it. Yes, he 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 brings he he. It's the extreme. So you're basically you start presenting a scenario of the extremes, but you don't present it as the extreme. You know, you just say you, you know you you come up with this you come up with the story and you're thinking in your mind like, man, that's that's unpalatable. I couldn't imagine ever doing that. He he paints the, to walk you into his point of view, but I ain't buying it. I ain't buying. I'll change the story. I'll change the story. <laughs> oh, oh, I'll listen to that. And put it together myself later. <laughs> I don't know oh, about I that. I'm just, I'm just using stories to illustrate the. Not to illustrate the. It's kind of like being pregnant, right? Same <laughs> thing. I don't know. I never. Been. <laughs> My wife's been pregnant, but I haven't. Uh, so I, I couldn't tell you about that. But she's either pregnant or she's not, right? Sometimes you don't know. Sometimes. <laughs> Oh, I can assure you that they know. <laughs> I've been there. I don't know if I'm pregnant. What do you mean? Well, anyway. yeah. So again, it was a the, the way that we are going back and forth is very similar. We're talking about these, and they can be tough pain issues that we're able to sit around, address person to and talk about our frank those issues. You don't get that kind of experience most places. I mean, most of, for most of us, the time where we were building friendships outside of childhood were when we were in college. 
uh, when you leave that college campus, because when you're at the college campus, you're all working for a similar goal. But when you leave that college camp and you start working, it's, it becomes increasingly difficult to have to continue to build those relationships, those friends, those partners, those tribe members that are all going in the same direction as you're going. And we become isolated. And we all know that isolation is going to be the enemy of progress at times. That doesn't mean sometimes you don't have to get alone to do it. But when you're going through something significant in life and you're isolated, I think you're asking for trouble in a sense. And when you have a group of people that are around you that can support you, that can help you, that are there with you, the ride or die, I'm here. I got your back. We're going to do it. We're going to go through it. You know, no, I haven't known you all my life, but I'm here now and I'm going to treat you like a brother. That is an awesome experience. And that's what I think a lot of us long for those authentic relationships, but not just for relationship, relationship and the fact that we're all moving towards success. However we define success, we're moving in that direction. You get to define your own path, man. Nobody's going to tell you what to do. We'll help you figure out how to do it, or at least ask questions and make sure you don't do something, make it harder for you to accomplish. Yeah, you come up with a dream and Jerome will tell you exactly how to get there. <laughs> I'll help you. It's exact, how exactly how to get there. This is where you are. This is where you want to be. And now go. Get moving. Get to work. Straight line. I will let you know if you have distractions. Oh, boy. We'll <laughs> <laughs> leave that to the next time. Yeah, we're going, well, I, I'm not going to touch that. Well, nope. you, you know what? When we hey, do, you guys go read the book that was recommended and then get back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, after hearing that, I won't be reading their book. But you'll have to wait. The people that are listening now will have to wait until the podcast episode plans to clips from the powwow to kind of maybe get some specifics on those, some of those conversations. But um, I can't wait. In my understanding, Jerome, we already have a date for the next one, and we're working on that location. Yeah, location set. I just got to get a good count on how many folks will be there. I'm thinking we'll probably be at 20. Okay. Right at 20 this time. Okay. Uh, but we're going to head up to, uh, back to the Smokies, but in North Carolina this time, and check out this really cool place that I found back in 2016 when I bought my first supercar. It's one of the, it's close to one of the top roads in the country and probably the top road on the East Coast. And so we'll be able to do some pretty cool things on the mountain, but a little different than our walkers. Okay. Okay. Super excited about that. I think we're doing it the weekend of September 20th. I found yes. that. So people got four months to get some stuff taken care of on this action plan they created while we were together. Like, I look forward to seeing what people come up with they get done. I got a contract signed today, so I'm on the way. <laughs> show and tell, baby. I wanted to be in the rocking chair. Right. The show and tell is going to become a big thing. That's going to be a, sig a signature. That's going to be a signature. Hopefully that drives people want to do more and really focus the goals they set for them. You don't want next power. You want I didn't to do my homework. Yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> oh, you don't no, want to come to the cookout. You don't want to come to the cookout without some food. You got to bring something. Gotta Speaking bring of food, we got Chef Brian in the house. Still had trout. Saturday night was jumping. So Chef Brian, you have to be in the chef and how you or what you would have done differently. The more people get to know me, the more you understand that I really do like to serve people and to make sure that people have, you know, different things. I enjoy cooking, so it was not in cooking. I probably, the next time, wouldn't, I won't volunteer to cook so many of them. We might do a signature dinner or something like that. Uh, but just in general, it was, it was good. It was, it was good to be there to serve the group. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's about it. It was good to be there to serve the group. I think, you know, when we do it the next time, if you guys want me to cook something, it'll be like, one meal, one, you know, some kind of a dinner or something, and we'll leave it at that. Maybe we'll have Duran or Jerome uh, whip something up in the kitchen. <laughs> you don't want me to do it. I mean, you, you guys, you guys were on the other end of that. How was the experience for you? I know Larry didn't eat nothing. He didn't like my cooking, so he he didn't eat nothing. So nah, that's <laughs> not. <your thing. laughs> I actually experienced it even was at least the one just the dinner. I agree mm -hmm. with that. Breakfast is something easy. I, I even felt the continent both days and just kept it easy. And even lunch being as simple on the throwing something on the grill. I feel like James would do that. Like somebody that done that to ease up on 
but I do like spotlight dinner on Saturday night is this big. James, you can't back up. No, and listen, I was happy to do it. <laughs> and I was the one that made the suggestion of what the menu was going to be because I want people to have a great experience. I'm in. Whatever whatever the tribe needs me to do, we'll make it happen. Because I, I have your I have your back and I know that you guys have my back. So after dinner on Saturday, we jumped into a couple of different things. Trust your process session creating a life you want, raising your standards. James, that creating the life you want is something that you led. And I don't know if you want to take us back through some of the highlights on that one, but it was probably my favorite session out of all of them. I mean, essentially, you have to decide, you have to decide the life that you, and if you look in the mirror and the person that you see is not the person that you want to be, then you have to understand that change has to happen. It has to occur. And if you want to create the life you want, first recognize that the life that you have is not the life that you want. And then get ready to work. Get ready to start uh, shedding things that may be holding you back, setting aside distractions that are keeping from moving, setting aside the weight that's kind of holding you down. And a lot of times those things are not external. They're internal who we are and how we think. And it's the story that we're telling ourselves. You know, one of the sayings that I have is that history is history until it's not. And, you know, basically what, what that's saying is that you can have the same set of facts, but those facts can be interpreted and told by two different people or two different perspectives to give you something totally. And we have to be able to change the perspective to move past that stopping, move past the point where we think we've failed to the point where we can see ourselves succeeding. And, in that, and sometimes success is just one step ahead of you, one step at a time, one moment at a time, one choice at a time that we move forward towards success. And so if you, want, if, if you don't like the life you have, do something, do something. And we're here to help. We are here to help. Yeah, help is the operative word there. We're not gonna do it for you. Nope. But we're here to help you figure out how to do what you say you wanna do. And we'll find out if you really wanna do it. There ain't no question about that. I'm trying to figure out how to coin this phrase, but I keep coming back to it. And I keep asking myself, is my sacrifice enough? Am I paying the price that it's gonna take for me things that I say I want? You know, last night I was working on the offering or the deal summary for Technology Row and our other deal, the East Market Incubator, because I wanted to get those out before the end of the week. And I was back up early this morning, getting to my commitment to my health on my walk. And I, on my walk, I, I contemplate every morning, am I making enough sacrifice in order to accomplish the things that I say I want to do? And we'll find out if I'm paying the price based on, you know, how things end up in the end. But when I think about the ancient times and how folks used to make offerings to the various gods with little Gs, it seemed like they always increased the amount of sacrifice based on how big or the abundance that they were chasing. And, you know, I don't know if that is a valid practice, but I'm sure it was done for hundreds or thousands of years. And if we think about our lives, and think about our natural desire to be comfortable and avoid pain, to take as little risk as possible to get as much reward. I wonder if that is truly how we're supposed to live. Or is this more primal approach to life, what should be our daily practice? And I don't know the answer to the question. One day, we'll figure it out. I'm experimenting with that. That is the question that I'm asking myself for the next 120 days until the next powwow. I'm going to see personally if I can make some significant breakthroughs in my world. See if I can move the envelope in a big way. I'm ready for new and exciting experiences. If I call myself the chief inspiration officer, then I think my life has to be inspiring. And you guys are forcing me to jump out in front. There's no way I do a video call and, and post this thing on YouTube two months ago, two weeks ago. But the feedback is consistent and solid. So you guys want to tell me something just for the sake of telling me. So we're going to check it out and see how this thing, see if we can grow, start impacting and helping more people in a positive. I don't think my face is going to make that much of a difference, but 
put my best effort into because the board of advisors, the gurus on the top of the mountain who I went to seek wisdom and guidance from suggested that this was the direction that I should march. And so off I go. Yeah, I think it's going to do powerful power having you actually in a position of, uh, how can I put it, just, just really putting your face out there and letting people know your story and letting them see the person behind this. I think it just adds so much more of a personal touch that can engage someone more instead of just looking at a logo or listening to a bunch of, I wouldn't say random, because we are at the, the, the top of the tribe. We are the core members of the tribe, but to hear from the chief himself, and it just makes the greatest difference. So it does because, you know, we have the, the common piece, all of us have in common, is we're trying to achieve something. And for the most part, our motivation is achieving something bigger than ourselves. It's not just about us. The other common thread that the core members have is you, George. You're the common thread. You're the glue that has brought all of these guys together. And you're saying, I want to do something great. And we're saying, you know what? We like that. We want to do something great too. Let's go. Let's roll. Let's rock. And so thank you for being consistent and persistent in doing the tribe call, in coming up with your idea and just pushing forward, letting nothing stop you, not even the 1% to stop you from pushing through all of the different adversity that you went through to get to them. So, man, I, I can't wait. The universe is the, not the sky, but we, we, we going out to the galaxy. We going out to the galaxy. So, oh, go ahead, Earl. I was about to say, I definitely feel like I had my wife boost for like three years. She, didn't, she, she thought I had a friend named Jerome. So <laughs> some, some guy inspiring me that I made up in my head. So, you know, having you out in front and, and actually physically seeing you is, uh, I, I think it'd be a great. Well, he's really not there. That's just augmented reality. I know. Don't tell my wife. Whispering. I'm, I'm the, hopefully I'm the good cop, you know, having the photography, Larry and Breon really taking advantage of that really nice camera Larry brought. It's unbelievable. You know, something that I, I wouldn't have appreciated until after I, you know, saw the content after packaging it, you know, it's just, it's exciting to be able to share the experience because I, for me, it's pretty tough to explain what happens at a powwow. If I had to package it up in a sentence or a quarter or you know, a, couple of a couple of sentences or a paragraph, I think what we figured out over the weekend is, is we're influencers, innovators, investors ignite their dream, their passion, recharge and go back out into the world and do those things that excite them, that get them going. But, you know, it was interesting, James, I think you mentioned that Desmond said he didn't realize how tired he was. Yeah. That's, that's very telling of those of us who just persist through the struggles and the challenges. I think the four eyes is huge. And it, it, it's absolutely the best way that I've heard this stuff characterized. So Saturday night ended up being pretty emotional for me. <laughs> you know, it was, it was an opportunity for one of my best friends to tell his story. And unfortunately, he dropped off the call. But to listen to him discuss the sacrifices that he made and his willingness to do whatever it took to get back on his and to hear about the position that he's in now. Part of the reason why he's, his call dropped is because he just landed in Chicago, getting some training for his new. So you can't get that everywhere. I, I don't even know that most people even get it in, at home. They don't. And one thing I was going to say that that is absolutely vital and key to the house, and it's one of, one of the first topics we cover every time, and I don't know if people recognize it. It's uh, vulnerability. This only works if you're willing to be vulnerable. Like you, you, you can't sit there with a guard up and uh, have these deep, meaningful conversations and actually get something from them if you're not willing to be vulnerable. No question. I mean, you have to tear down the walls. You have to let people in because if you don't, you will not, they, they can't give you their best opinion. They can't give you their true guidance if they're trying to fight through it. You're pretending like it's all good, it's okay. And the reality is you're dying on it and you're putting on the smile and putting one foot in front of the other and you're tired, you're weary. You might even feel like a fish in a fish tank that's sitting on the stove and someone is turning the heat up little by little, and you're just adjusting to it, 
But the reality is it's starting to burn you and eventually you boil and nobody can hear your screams. Nobody, you don't want to tell the woman in your life or, you know, your partner that things are what you hope they would be because you're scared. They might think you're a web or you don't have it all together and you feel like you got to be the rock for the family. The reality is you're not, you're probably not hiding it as well as you think you and if somebody's been in your position, they see right through stuff. See it. Mm-hmm. So they can see it. Oh, all day. Yeah. All day. You know, I see you. And I think, Duran, another way to say what you just said is, we see you. Yeah. And you you can hide and run all you want. But if you're there long enough, and you might be invited because the person who saw you felt like we could give you a cup of water to help you finish your marathon. And, you know, that's what we're here for. We're here to support. It does cost money. But I, after seeing the research James put together on conferences here <laughs> in the past 24 hours, it's a it bargain. Was. It's a bargain. And the next one is still a bargain, even though it costs more than the last one. And, you know, we pay for things that we think are fun. It was, somebody didn't come because they wanted to celebrate their birthday. Like, somebody offered a golden ticket because some of the folks in the tribe actually get opportunity to invite others to the powwows and they were more interested they wanted to go celebrate their birthday and you know at the end of the day if i could celebrate my birthday with a group of guys like this i'd just be absolutely because you know there's there's nothing else that matters for me you know I, i like good wholesome fun the funny part and i don't even know that it's funny like there was no real like heckling or picking. It was like genuine, genuine interest in whatever the person had and offering ideas on how they can improve it and, you know, offering feedback from different industries. I mean, we have people from tech, car customization, research, real estate, project management, banking. We have people from all over the place in many different industries with tons of experience offering thoughts and suggestions and asking questions about what people were working on. And I think that vantage point is really powerful. You guys have anything on the after dinner sessions on Saturday? I mean, I would say that the, one of the main, the, the highlight for me probably was going to tell hearing about Larry's story about his experience from the first powwow and then his decision to say, you know what, I'm doing good but I'm going to do great. I'm going to take this to a different level. And for him to just take those steps and move forward, that's, that's inspiring right there. And then to, you know, we're sitting around a room and we're looking at different parcels of real estate in Greensboro. And yeah, the group of guys we're talking about, you know, how we're driving old cars. Most of us, maybe except for the car guy, but, you know, everybody else is driving, you know, used to driving something old. I'm not going to pour a lot of money into a new car. Oh, but you know what? I like that piece of property. Let's go ahead and put some money together and invest in that property. And so you have a group of guys that are together that are kind of on one accord talking about spending their money on the right thing, on acquiring assets that can generate income. And so that was probably one of the coolest moments just as we're sitting there and we're talking and looking around the room and saying, okay, okay, I'm in the right room. You know, I'm in the right room. It it, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, we talked about $17 million worth of real estate projects over the course of (laughs) two hours. And I I think that like really had a big effect on the guy that I gave my go to and him to sit there and hear that on the ride home, he's just like, man, I don't even know if I was in the right room. And I just had to like reassure him that he was because he's just like, man, I've never even heard somebody even talk about real estate or anything that caused a fraction of what they're talking about. Like, I've never even heard those conversations before. Um, telling him like, no, you're in the right room now. The problem was you were always in the wrong room. So the conversation that you're hearing now should become normal to you. And those other conversations will kind of just go away. You won't even really want to be a part of them. Um, you feel like you're almost forcing it more because now you just think on such a greater level that I, I just really think that it having that, that show and tell and having that's really good for people that are first timers coming in because it really wakes their eyes up and lets them see who they're really sitting with. Because as much as we talk and touch on different subjects that we touch on and different thoughts, 
we don't really take the time to sit back and say who we are and like what we came from or what we have. A lot of times we don't want to, even for, especially for somebody like James, like I hate to put James on the spot, but <laughs> I never knew James. James is the exact definition of the millionaire next door. And I would have never even knew, but because I know that now, even though I already looked at James in a different light, because I know that now it makes that light shine even brighter. And I think that's one of the biggest points I've been trying to drive to Jerome is that a lot of people sit in the room with you and don't even know who you are. A lot of people sit in the room with me and don't even know who I am. Same thing through Duran. It's like, we just, we have to, maybe it's the branding person in me. And because I do cars, like everything is about the image. And I think sometimes in the most humblest way, we need to let people know in the beginning exactly who we are so that we build a character for ourselves inside of the powwow. So people know what they're getting and they, it means so much more. Everything that James said to me after that point meant so much more. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sad that it's sad that the human brain operates that way. But it just meant so much more. And I, so I think we have to in the powwow, why since we're the core members, I think we have to live fully in our light at that point mm-hmm. and let our light shine as bright as they can be and be done on the first day when people come in there so they further understand why we say we're going and let them know that we're going to get there. Like we've already came from something else. Like we're definitely getting to where we're going and we have the experience. And this is why we're qualified to be at the power or to be core members of the team. That's that's awesome. I think we will get there. We will be people that can the light. And I think that Drew, like, this conference call, the video, or other things post between now and the next powwow, other ways that we can highlight our own personal story and we'll manage our personal brand along with the dream catcher. Because I think, you know, regardless of what we really think, you're always managing the brand of you. And you're right. There's some people that may hear me and may not hear me until they understand who I am and what I've been able to accomplish. But most of us, and it's really cool, are humble, and we don't really want to talk about our accomplishments. And this is where, you know, normally we say, because it's not about me, it's not about me. But more, more recently, I've been saying, it's not just about me. Now, you might not see the difference, but there is a difference. <laughs> it's not about me really minimizes me and says that I'm nothing, it, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to marginalize myself, but it's not just about me, maintains my own personal value, the value of my brand and who I am and what I've accomplished. It doesn't belittle it at all. It says, hey, I, I understand what I've accomplished and I understand that it's not just about me. You know, I'm blessed, not just, but I'm here not only for me, but for you. And being able to kind of tap into that mentality and thought I think Larry will help us as we manage those brands. So for me, Larry, it's intentional. It's always been intentional for people to not have an idea of what's happened. I want to know how a person's going to treat me when they don't know what I can do, right? Because that truly demonstrates how a person, who a person is. Well, it's, it's very similar to what Larry just said. If Larry would have marginalized stuff that I said or interaction with me before understanding a little bit more about me that's kind of what that, that's what you want to avoid you you want to see how do people treat you when they don't know who you are are they going to treat people the same because if you treat me the same and you don't know who i am you're nice and you're cordial and you're doing your thing then it doesn't matter that i can help you in some way because you're just genuine you're, you're genuinely treating people nice those are the type of people that we want to associate i mean you know just naturally and genuinely, those are the type of people that you have no problem opening up your story to. Um, and so I get that. It's intentional for me, too. I don't talk about, you know, what I've accomplished. Don't talk about it. Everyone says not that it's not important, but those things don't are not the sole thing that define who I am. I, I agree. My only conflict with it is that it's not that I don't <laughs> I wouldn't. It's not James. Just using you as an example. It's not that I wouldn't listen to you or or anything like that. I think for me, it's more I wouldn't what or how far into those questions. I think that's what Jerome, I feel like you stepping more into the light allows people to know what questions or how far they can ask you. Like some people, everybody doesn't think on the same brainwave. So sometimes you don't know 
like how deep into a certain conversation or a certain topic you can go with somebody because you don't even know that they know that much about it. So that's my only conflict. I can I can understand where you come from, Jerome, and the point you're making, but I think that you've built a nice wall around yourself with people who trust you and understand your story and know, yeah, like just that you can trust that it'll help weed out, that wall will help weed out that you can't trust or you don't want to open up to. I feel like the people that are being brought to the table are people who can know the real Jerome and know everything, and that'll allow them to open up more and ask questions on levels that they may not have known they could ask. And as we continue to push you out front, you got to ask the question, ask the question, is your sacrifice enough? Is it enough, man? Because for you, this is a sacrifice. For you, this is, this is pushing you outside of your comfort. So I don't know that that part's true. I'm comfortable there. I just don't want to be there, right? It's, but, so I use one of the pictures that you shared with me from the dome today. And the caption that went with this was something along the lines of, we're changing the, we're breaking stereotypes. And so maybe my dreads and tattoos and my facial hair needs to. That was your first time saying it to the, I hope everybody heard that. <laughs> that, was, that was his first time admitting to the exact reason of why he's hid behind the logo. Yeah. And I can understand, but I feel like. No, I, so that part, it's interesting, man. And I didn't talk about this over the weekend, so this is loose for the recap. YouTube, <laughs> our, our, our venture into YouTube. Dude, I made more money in corporate America after I made these changes than when I was clean shaven with a short haircut and just the tattoos I had from college. Like that, this transformation that I've had over the last nine or 10 years it is more of me accepting myself and not seeking approval from those outside of me and realizing that I hold myself to a higher standard than what anybody else will ever offer. And that it doesn't matter if someone judges based on my appearance, because at the end of the day, I is, right? And I know who I am, not my name, not whatever credentials I have. I know exactly who I am. And I'm going to stay consistent with that. And I'm I'm absolutely going to be there and I'm absolutely going to stay true. My moral compass in doing what I think is right and appropriate, regardless of who wants me. You know, one thing that we talked about at the, well, maybe we didn't talk about this, but it's part of my story. I gave back a $10,000 sign up on this over a $2,000 charge to a customer that I didn't think was appropriate. So, you know, I, I don't, money doesn't make decisions for me. Somebody else's approval doesn't make decisions for me. It's about me being able to look myself in the mirror and say, I did the right thing in the situation, even if the other person didn't do what was, or even if it was me taking a loss to make sure that the folks who trusted in that situation didn't. That's, that's where I am. That's absolutely where I am. Now, am I going to recommend that everybody grows their hair this long or puts tattoos in visible places? No, because... I don't know that everybody has the same resume that I have and can move through those potential barriers that people tell you to avoid. But I am absolutely comfortable and I have no apprehension about showing up. I mean, you, you saw when you came down um, in the early April, we walked into meetings with T-shirts on. And, you, know, you know, I mean, that was the beginning of Technology Row. Yeah. You know, it's the biggest deal of my life. It's a $10 million deal. But walked in with a hoodie on some jeans. Walked in with a hoodie and some and at the end of the and you know, David has volunteered to be my mentor. Like when you move authentically, when you accept like when you truly accept yourself and you're accountable to yourself, none of the other stuff matters. Everybody's seeking somebody they can count on. If you can't count on anybody else, you can count on me. And I can promise you that. Like I am gonna follow through. And if I don't, I promise you it won't be from a lack of effort. And that's one of the things that came out. We have to hold ourselves accountable and we have to be our work. If we say we're going to do something, uh, be a certain way, then we need to follow. If you can't be accountable to yourself, if you can't trust yourself, then it's going to be difficult for you to trust anybody. And so that was kind of a key takeaway. And, you know, I always say that, hey, you can tell me what you want to do. You can speak these positive things. You can tell me how great it's going to be but you got to put the work in. If your actions don't line up with what you're saying, 
you're going to have problems moving forward and obtaining your. Agreed wholeheartedly. I don't know if there's anywhere else you guys wanted to go, but I wanted to close with my charge for going out and letting your light shine and just what your takeaways were from that, because I think it's, I think it's core. And I'll be honest with you, Larry, you guys said this is about letting my light shine. And so I'm taking your counsel. I'm, I'm following the wisdom of the group. We'll see what happens. It better work. You guys better be right. <laughs> you guys better be right. We're right, man. We're we, we going to bring the light. That's one of the things we talked about. Just bring the light. Just bring it. You know, bring it. Take it with you. You know, we were there in the mountains. Now we're back in our own world. Bring it. Bring it to your situation. Bring it into the dark place in your life. Bring it to your friend. You don't have to shine the light in your friend's face, but just be the light. Bring the light that is within you. Um, and so let's miss, I mean, that's the thing. We want to bring it. And as many people as we can ignite that light on the inside, so that they can go back, you know, so the buddy that you brought, he's saying he didn't know if he was in the right room. I can't wait for a year from or two years from now when he has one of his buddies and his buddy is saying, man, I don't know if I'm in the right room. And he's able to look at him and he says, you're in the right place. Keep at it. You're in the right place. That's going to be awesome. There's a big if, man. You follow through. After all these years, after all these years, you've been talking about what you want to do and done nothing or done a little bit. And then you went and sat on the bench because the, the air was a little thin and was, the slope was a little steeper than what you expected. Yeah, you comfortable on that bench. And then you might go back down. Yeah. You might like the air that isn't as, uh, as thin stuff closer to sea level. Maybe you want to be at the beach. I don't know. Hey. You got to find a high level. Or, or, may, or maybe just the site that you've seen was good enough. Right. It was good enough. And for some, and I'm, I'm a close, at least my contributors, for some, that's all they know. All they know is good enough. And they need to be exposed. And that's what bringing the light is. We want to bring the light to expose, to try to, we want to inspire them so that they can move towards greatness. They can have that intrinsic desire to move forward but they have to they have to if they don't want we're not going to do it for you they have to <clears throat> i was going to say that's that's one of the reasons why i i push so hard and if you ever attend a powwow you'll hear me talk about my focus on a lot of things and how i, I get dead set on things and i go so hard because i want people around me that are not pushing as hard to see like to see that they're able to do this and focus with some concentration and that we're here to help with the team, the tribe, that we can help you and guide you forward. So focus on your end, ask some right questions, be vulnerable with us, allow us to guide you and help you. We can be that light that you need because that's that light that you need to show you the path. We'll push you forward. Intense focus, laser-like focus, push you forward. You'll get to your goals. Might be a little rough, but you'll get there. And I'll close saying that since I was probably 17 or 18 and I really started understanding that dreams were attainable and I was chasing dreams that it became a point in my life that I realized that my friends or the people around me were just comfortable. So because I chased my dreams and never dimmed my light when I was around them in the most humblest way, I would always make sure I would show them like, this is what you could do or this is what you could have if you just got out of your comfort zone and strive for things that you sat in cars and talked about me with or sat on the couch while we played video games said that you like this is a true testament of the direction you take your life to if you just make the sacrifices and actually chase the dreams that you say that you want. it's a wrap chief inspiration officer you're going you're going to close us out man with the word of inspiration oh, i gotta close it out so i took the red pill i i love this shirt i i was at I was at the fork in the road in the woods and I chose a path that is less traveled, whether it's appearance, whether it's challenge in order to get to the place where I want to be, whether it's leaving corporate America instead of trying to get somebody else to hire me and try to forge my own road. I, all I wanted was truth, right? We live our lives and it starts when we're young with a bunch of lies where we have to do other things in order to get other people's approval so that they'll do something for us that we want. And the reality of the situation, if you're doing the right things for the right reason, everything will work out. It might not work out as you design it, but it will work out. And if you do enough of that good stuff, I can promise you that you'll live an amazing and 
the only way I think that you can accelerate the rate in which you accomplish those dreams and goals is by surrounding yourself with people who are on the same path, who are continuously trying to improve themselves and willing to share that knowledge with the folks around them. The folks on the call tonight are great examples of that. You know, we none of us came from trust funds. In fact, many of us started with little to nothing. And we've made our own way. We, we own a lot of real estate. We own businesses. We have high-level jobs and organizations. And the fact of the matter, when you boil everything down, is none of our positions are assets. What really matters is that we're interested in helping people live the lives that they are most interested in them. And we're willing to get our hands dirty and help them figure that out. So if I'm talking to you, we're here for you and we're waiting for you. You just need to reach out and make yourself known and we'll figure out how to get you engaged. It's not free. You pay attention when you pay. And we believe that if you're willing to invest in yourself at the rate and the aggressive pace, like trying to keep up with Deron, the way he devours information. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, He's accelerated so rapidly over the past few years. And you just see him showing up in so many different spaces, whether it's this great marriage, whether it's this happy daughter, whether it's how much real estate he owns, whether it's how much money's in the bank. Like, it just keeps going and going and going. And it's because of the consistency in the approach. Better. It's the commitment to getting better. James talks about fighting towards your goals. We're all fighting towards our goals. And nobody gave us the goal that we have, but we all know what everybody's working on. And we're all pushing forward. I might read an article or see a video. I'm like, man, this is perfect for what they're going or what they're working on. And it just offers a different approach. So Dreamcatchers is here to help people unlock their head and potential. And we focus on six areas, relationship, career, self-image, prosperity, significance is James's practice. And I think that was number six. I might be wrong, but... Yeah. If I said health, if I didn't say health, health is the other one. And so we're looking at the complete person. Uh, you can go some places and get business coaching. You can go some places, get real estate coaching. We're not interested in that. We want you to come to us. We want you to leave. And you go do it again, get empty, and we'll come back together at the powwow. You tell us about what happened, and we'll regroup. And this thing that you guys are doing with the group chat, where we're dropping in videos and books, having conversations when people have a success along the way is, is super. Um, and it's things that we were doing when we weren't formally just sharing what's going on between each other, trying to keep that goal. I don't think people are made to try to do this thing called life. And I don't think they're made to just do it with one other person, uh, which is usually a spouse. I think you need a tribe. And I personally believe that my tribe is the best job. I love these guys. And I don't think there's anything that we can't accomplish if we really put our minds in towards it. Well, we've got a huge goal. We've got the <laughs> contract today, and we've got to raise $3 million to execute on that dream of mine. I'm passionate about redeveloping East Greensboro, and this is our opportunity to make a huge impact on the Greensboro community. I'm nervous, <laughs> maybe even scared. But I'm also extremely excited. So I believe the tribe has my back. And I know that I'm willing to sacrifice whatever it takes in order to get it done. And so off we go on a new hunt. And I can't wait for the harvest and the feast. Can you so imagine what that show and tell is going to be like? Bro. <laughs> the powwow in the spring of 2020 may be in Greensboro. It may be in Greensboro. We're going to need a projected projector. Greensboro. How crazy would that be? Awesome, man. Amazing. I just want to be able to stay in one of the top floor apartments and look over there while I'm there. If we have vacancy. <laughs> That's not a goal, though. Nope. <laughs> to have vacancy. No. I might have an apartment there just for the sake of having one. Like, what if we could have a powwow of technology? Yeah, that, that's cool, but as long as you're paying your rent, it doesn't make as no as difference. As long as, as, long, as, long as you pay your rent, okay. Free rides around. Nope. I might live in the bottle. I might live in the model. How cool would that be, man? How cool would that? Let's make it happen. Yeah, we got your back. We're we're in this thing together. It just became. Oh, that's that visualization. Go, right? That's that visualization right there. <laughs>
No, I, and so in all seriousness, I, and it's not about these things, but it's so cool. I pulled up the technology room and my Ferrari forfeit, and I drove through, and there were some kids outside, and they pointed and said, that's my car, like I did when I was a kid. When I fell in love with them, and I stopped, I opened the door, and I let them climb in and explore the car. And then we got to have a real conversation because the dream for them now was real because they got to touch it. What if that could really happen? If you want to learn more about Dreamcatchers, please visit the website at dreamshouldbereal.com. If you can think of someone who would benefit from these types of opportunities and are willing to share what we're doing with them, we would greatly appreciate it. Get it how you live, and that's just what I did. You know I hustle all day and all night, boy. You know I hustle all day and all night, boy.